You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Welcome once again to Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews, a podcast that discusses various movies, discs, reviews, or, you know, whatever. We, we're an eclectic mix of everything, where we try to talk about horror, sci-fi, fantasy, thrills, techno, thrills, mysteries, grindhouse, outhouse, midnight movies, foreign films, cult films, driving theater, and whatnot. I'm one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the Commonwealth of Virginia... Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how's it going, man? Going well. Excellent. And in the state of Missouri? Hi, this is Kevin. Kevin, how's it going, my friend? Oh, just fine. Excellent, excellent. Uh, folks who uh, just stumbled upon us, we're part of the Dark Discussions News Network, which is www.darkdiscussions.com. It is a all-news website. Basically, it is columns, reviews, articles, um, podcasts, video, all that sort of stuff. Basically, if you're a follower of genre news, uh, you should check this website out daily because it's updated uh, multiple times daily with news items and podcasts and the like. Um, this is just one of those podcasts. You can email us at darkdiscussions at aol.com and give us your thoughts on tonight's topic or any other topic that we've discussed in the past. Uh, for these three co-hosts, we are the same co-hosts that uh, have done a number of other shows on the news network, including uh, Travel Guide to Lovecraft Country, uh, the podcast about the HBO television series Lovecraft Country, and then Don't Tell Me, I'll Tell You, the Stand podcast, which is a podcast on the All Access, CBS, All Access, now Paramount Plus Network uh, we, we did a podcast on that. And then uh, we also did a podcast on Discovery of Witches called Discovery of Witches, Demons, and Vampires podcast, uh, which is the TV show on Shudder. Uh, so we are the same co-hosts from those shows. Um, also, you can find myself and Barrett uh, numerous times on the Dark Discussions podcast, which is the flagship podcast of the network. Um, all right. So uh, I don't think we have any emails or anything so i don't know if anybody wanted to bring up news or or stuff uh just general about genre um i guess there was one story i did want to bring up which is a little bit unfortunate um and i know uh it's a film that you liked a whole lot barrett uh uh color out of space uh that movie right you, you saw that last year right yep yep and, and you had it on your top 10 best horror films of the year i think i believe so yeah yeah. And uh, the director, Richard Stanley, um, unfortunately, has been fired from Elijah Wood's production company uh, as they were 
producing the next film with him because they loved his work so much on A Color Out of Space that they decided that they were going to continue using him for the next two or three projects. Uh, but unfortunately, he was fired yesterday. Uh, as we were recording this, this is uh, March 21st, 2021. Uh, and he was fired, if not yesterday, two days. Actually, it was Thursday. He was fired. Uh, what happened was, is he had a couple of women who came out that said that he did domestic abuse on them. Uh, and yeah. so that kind of, yeah, so his career is now um, possibly yeah, over. At least for, for some years. <laughs> yeah, I mean, again, you know, you, uh, innocent until proven guilty. Um, but as, as your know, job. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As as we know, uh, in the this day and age, um, a lot of people are guilty before they're they have they're, they're basically guilty if someone calls them out on something, whether it is uh, racial slurs, whether it's um domestic issues or whatnot. But either way, we here believe all women or, or well, I shouldn't re- rephrase that. I shouldn't speak for everybody. But we, we want all women to be heard for sure. Um, but um, with Richard Stanley, his career is now in, has has joined the list of, of those who have been uh, yeah called out for things, which is unfortunate in all aspects yep. for the victims if it's true and for uh such a talented individual as well um to to possibly be guilty of that um any other news anybody wanted to bring up maybe news that's more happy oh uh justice league is here yeah anybody anybody see it yet i saw it how is it um it is long there are some weird musical choices but all in all, I really enjoyed it. Um, Plot-wise, I think it is better than the theatrical version. There's just so much missing from the theatrical version that you don't get. Um, that explains a lot of character backgrounds, like cyborgs. You get a scene with the Flash where he's doing some other things that's really good. Um, it's just, it's mostly better put together, but it is a little long in the tooth. <laughs> So right. it, it's it's worth watching if you like Zack Snyder's vision. And I am a fan of his vision. A lot of people aren't. I see a lot of negative talk about this cut um, from people I know. But I really enjoyed it. But I'm a fan of Man of Steel. I'm a fan of Aquaman. Um, a fan of the Batman v Superman extended version. Not what went out in the theaters. Yeah, the Holly Quinn one, right? Uh, Birds of Prey. Yeah, I like that. I like Suicide Squad, but, you know, for some people it just doesn't work. I guess they like Marvel the way Marvel's doing theirs better, but... Yeah, yeah, and and it's interesting because you're the first person that mentioned the negative because almost everybody I've talked to online, you know, the Facebook groups that we associate with, say they love this movie, and and my co-host Mike of the Dark Discussions podcast thinks this may you know, bring um, DC right right up there with, with Marvel now and stuff. And uh, it's doing really well. 
uh, the views on HBO are incredible. Uh, the critics are giving it over like close to 80% good reviews, you know, and, oh, and, and Josh Whedon's, ver- yeah, that's awesome. And Josh Whedon's version, yeah, I mean, you know, he's a, there's another guy with, with abuse issues. His career's yeah. gone too, you know, good riddance, but, um, well, his version he, felt like he was trying to do a Marvel movie in the DC universe. That's always how I felt about it when it came out. Yeah. Sure, this sure. does not feel that way at all. It feels like it's a natural progression from the movies that came before it. Right, right. Um, yeah, so so uh, I was talking to co-host Mike of the Dark Discussions Podcast. Um, and yeah, we may be doing a uh, uh, on the Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews, which uh, both Kevin and, and Barrett are most certainly welcome to join us, a Justice League episode. Uh, not for a few weeks, though. You know, it all depends on when everybody has time and, and like, Barrett said it's a it's a long film, uh, so it may take take uh, some of us like myself a little longer to watch. Um, so that uh, so folks who listen to Halloween Boutique Psychotronic reviews, uh, look out for that. Uh, it looks like we're going to be doing an episode on the Zack Snyder cut. Well, and uh, I want to say to people that complain about the length, the extended version of the Return of the King was almost as long. So there you go. Yeah. Sure, <laughs> sure, sure. And, and even like the well, some of those Avengers films were like three hours, weren't they? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Some of them were yeah. really long. Yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Um, so, yeah, yeah. And, oh, also, weren't you a big fan of Wonder Woman 84? I was not a huge fan of 84. <laughs> I know. I was just being facetious. I, I actually yeah, liked I it a lot. Yeah, I was just trying to, because <laughs> you didn't mention that one. Um, I, I actually got my Wonder Woman 1984 t-shirt uh, yesterday. All right. <laughs> yeah. So that was awesome. I had that work yesterday, too. Um, all right. Oh, so let's see. Oh, yeah. just one more thing to mention. Wonder Woman's plot in Justice League is much better. Her, her, she's given a better role in Snyder's cut for sure. Also, well, I, I'm Wonder Woman movies probably did a whole lot better, uh, comparatively speaking with, you know, like the Batman and I don't know about the Superman movies, but Wonder Woman, uh, I think the Wonder Woman movies, even even the 1984 one, did did pretty well with uh, with viewers. So they they want to they obviously want to give her uh, more screen time. Yeah, yeah, I, I would concur with that, and, and rightfully so. Um, also, uh, um, yeah, there, there was something. What was I was going to say before? Sorry, that was my fault. Yeah, no, uh, oh, that's a shame. Uh, sorry, that's right. It's not a big deal. Um, but yeah, yeah. So, what was I gonna say? Oh, that's, that's bloody hell. Anyway, we'll we'll move on. Um, so, uh, oh, oh yeah, I remember what I was gonna say. Jeez, there it goes again. I remember. Um, yeah, I also heard this new cut uh, removes a lot of the the um, the Josh Whedon. Um, objectification of woman like there's scenes in uh his version where they're looking up or down wonder woman's skirt or whatever and then in this one they they got rid of those scenes and they, they, they did they, like yeah. the flash falls on her boobs or whatever in the theatrical version that doesn't happen in this one and things like that yeah yeah guys. yeah and they also changed the outfits to look more like uh the the wonder woman uh, movie outfits for the Amazons versus Josh Whedon's where they were like more, you know, um, sexualized. Yeah. Oh, and so. the bad guy looks 10 times better. 
Yeah, I heard and that. you get his boss in the movie too, so that's even better. Oh wow, they didn't have him in the in the original, huh? No, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I I I once once Josh Whedon picked up the original, I I said I'm not watching that because I hate Josh Whedon from all, all the crap that he used to say on Twitter. Never mind uh, what he's done since then that everybody has now found out. Um, so, um, yeah, yeah. I, I, that's that's good that uh, they changed all that, brought Zack Snyder back. And I'm right there with you, uh, Barrett. I love Zack Snyder. I've loved him since uh, Dawn of the Dead. That's my, probably my favorite zombie film or one of my favorite zombie films. I liked Sucker Punch a whole lot. Um, that was a great film. 300. Uh, 300 was awesome film. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, Zack Snyder is awesome. I, I don't I don't care what anybody says. Um and, and Justice League, the critics love the the new one anyway. Uh, maybe some of the, some of the fans don't, but again, you know, I don't trust any fanboy when they make a decision about films because it's like they're either Marvel or they're DC or they're this or they're that. You know, you know, you know how it is. It's similar to Star yep. Wars and Star Trek. The certain fanboys, are just, Game of Thrones is another one. Certain fans, you just can't trust them because they're they're looking at things in an skewed way um, or a scant way, if you prefer. And I'm a fan of all those different things, and I try not to look at them skewed. There are things that, you know, I can accept in making changes for a movie. Um, there are th- some things I can't. When you start adding a wholesale story that wasn't there, that's when I start having issues with any, you know, any property <laughs> that's sure. out there. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of uh, uh, Game of Thrones, Queen of the North, Sansa, you got to be get on board, Barrett. Got to get on board. <laughs> I have more fun giving you crap about it than getting on board. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of like Phil's fascination with Taylor Swift. Yeah, Taylor Swift. I'm wearing my Taylor Swift uh, sweatshirt right now. As a matter of fact, got it on right now. <laughs> yep. it, one of one of like seven Taylor Swift sweatshirts actually. Uh, and, yeah. and I have about I have about five or six. Or, no, I actually about seven T-shirts of her too. Yeah. I got two autograph. I got the autograph CD of. Folklore, and then I have an autographed photo I won at uh, Skizakia. Yeah. So yeah, the, the first time I ever met you in person, Barrett. You uh, scare first. me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Wait, why? Why was Taylor Swift stuff auctioned that scares that care? They get whatever they can. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, and that's why I got it so cheap. I, I, I well, not cheap. I still paid like. 50 <laughs> yeah, because nobody spent... care will listen to her. Well, I. I <laughs> I spent sixty on it, but yeah, I mean, most of the people that are at Skiz at Kier are like, you know, death metal, <laughs> you know, tattoos <laughs> yeah. and all that. So I, I was, like, I lucked out because I, I was bidding on an Angelina Jolie a one too, um, and that went for like three hundred fifty dollars, and I said, the hell with that. <laughs> you know? Oh but, God, Taylor you know, is much better than Angelina Jolie. Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> and if you look online. You know, Taylor Swift, like autograph photos and stuff, they go for like 150, 200, 250, you know, so on eBay, you know, so, so uh, it just shows you, you know, the, the fan base, you know, they, they, most of the fans probably didn't even know who Taylor Swift was. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, well, that's off topic. We're, sorry. Um, all right. Anything else? Uh, any other news, anybody, or should we get into our topic? Anything? Uh, does gaming news count? Yeah, go ahead. Oh, absolutely, my friend. So uh, that Valheim game that I've been playing, which is really great Viking survival game, has sold six million copies, and it hasn't it hasn't been officially released. It's still in beta, um, which is pretty impressive at twenty dollars a pop. Six million copies on Steam. 
I just thought I'd bring that up because I think that's amazing. It's got a development team of five people, supposedly. That's cool. Yeah. yeah this is like an indie game or two? Uh, I think they're part of a studio, their own studio, but it's just like five developers and it's it's a great game and it's just, it hasn't fully been released yet. Like it's still in beta and, you know, it's 20 bucks a pop, six million copies. <laughs> it's pretty good. Well, yeah, that is pretty damn good. Yeah, uh, I, I actually uh, signed up for Steam, uh, you know, created an account uh, a week and a half ago uh, because uh, I wanted to play chess. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's free. The chess game's free, and it's a really good version, too. It's, so, yeah. Yeah, Steam has some, a lot of free games, too. It's, it's a good good uh, thing. I mean, the company that owns it, I don't like because it's like one of those giant conglomerate scumbag yeah. companies. But their product is good. I'm more a fan of GOG, which is just like Steam, except it's it, theirs has no DRM, um, so you you could play it anywhere. You don't have to have an internet connection for the games. That's kind of nice. Oh, that's actually really good. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. their big thing is they have no DRM. So, and and this is this is this this is Steam. No, it's called GOG.com. G-O-G. Oh yeah, yeah, that's the other one. That's big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's their big thing. I, I get more games there now because of the DRM free, um, but there are some things that are only on Steam that aren't on GOG. So got to go to Steam. Right now, what's DMR stand for again? DRM is Digital Rights Management. D- oh, DR. Okay. So okay. with Steam, you have to have your Steam connection on the internet to play the games. With GOG, you install the game and you can play the game separate from GOG's installer. And you don't have to have an internet connection. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay. So, yeah, it's, that's similar to, like, Blizzard. Blizzard, you have to log on and yep. all that. Yeah. Exactly, yep. Yeah. Yep. All right, sounds good. Sounds good. Um, any other news, anyone? Anything? Nothing for me. All right, so I guess we can get into our topic tonight. Uh, and, uh, Barrett, what are we going to discuss? We are going to discuss the movie No Fear that has come out this year. I don't know officially what, I guess, um, March 2021, so the 12th of March. Yeah, it was just released, yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a pretty decent horror flick, I think. Nice plate. <laughs> Thanks. You want to help us move some boxes? Yeah, sure. written in code. Read incantation. Did you hear that? Scratching in the walls. <gasps> I heard it in this house. What can I do? What the hell is going on? My Aunt Wendy found this book in the basement. Look, the ritual allows you to identify the demon using these abilities. Three senses divided to three people. One person to see the demon, another person to hear the demon, and another to speak the demon's language. I have this terrible feeling like we're being watched. I'm hearing things you guys can't. I see something. This whole house gives me the creeps. Right there. You can't possibly believe that any of this is real. Of course I do. Where is Jamie? Peter A. 
Audite Dicheri. Uh, yes, uh, No Fear uh, is a brand new 2021 film. Uh, obviously, it did festival circuits and whatnot prior to this. Uh, it is a film that was um, picked up uh, and is now being released. Uh, it's, like we said, No Fear, but it's spelled K-N-O-W, so No yeah. Fear rather than No Fear. Mm-hmm. Um, it is directed by Jameson M. Locasio and uh, written by... Jameson M. Locasio and Adam Ambrosio. Um, and uh, the film stars a number of folk, uh, including Amy Carlson, who I know was on some television series in the past, but a lot of others I'm not too familiar with. I know there's a lot of uh, people that work uh, on off-Broadway and stuff that, um, because the film was generally uh, produced around the New York City area in New Jersey, I believe. And uh, they got a, a lot of um, really good actors from the stage to, that were that go between stage and um, video or film, if you prefer. Um, and so, yeah, uh, but uh, some of the other actors, um, small cast, Mallory Bechtel, David Ann, Alan Basky, Dave, uh, Jack DeFalco, Mia Davis, and Mike Wynn. Uh, those are pretty much... Uh, the, the entire cast. Uh, there's one, two, three, four, five, six people of note, and then there's just a handful of, of smaller people that don't really play much of a role otherwise. Um, all right, so I guess we can discuss how we heard about this film and what we thought about it. So uh, let's start with you, Kevin. You told me about it. <laughs> Same here. You told me about it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, we, yeah, we actually got a screener. For the film, and and so uh, we were able to uh, check it out, and I, I actually saw it, and I thought, oh, this is actually an interesting film. Uh, so uh, yeah, so let me start then. Yeah, since I I, I told everybody about it. Uh, yeah, so I, I heard about it because of a a screener that popped up in our email. Uh, again, Dark Discussions News Network uh, received a screener from uh, the the release company and uh, I decided to check it out um, and actually actually we did even put a, a news notice about it on the website um, yeah and I, I watched it and uh, I said whoa this is this is a pretty this is a good horror film this is actually uh, pretty intense it's pretty scary um, and and it's it's very low budget yet it's done so well. The acting is phenomenal. The screenplay is, is really solid. Uh, the scares uh, really, really were good. And, and, you know, I've seen so many horror films as everybody else on this podcast have that to, to actually, I guess, be a little nervous while watching the sh- uh, uh, a scary movie is a real thing nowadays. And this actually made me feel uncomfortable. Um, yeah, yeah, this is this is a really good film. Um, I highly recommend. I would I would actually say that if this was released last year, it could have been a top ten horror film of the year for me last year. Um, and no disrespect for the ten films that made my list last year in the top ten, but this is as good as any of those films. Uh, so this is a, a big time sleeper in my opinion. 
Um, because again, I, I want to, the reason I watch horror films is for a number of things, but one of them is to make sure they're, they're, they're a good film, but also that I'm scared. I mean, when a horror film can actually scare me or make me feel uncomfortable when in a, a day and age, when everything, everybody's desensitized, uh, that is a remarkable feat. And this film, film does it and they do it really well. So yeah, a big thumbs up for me and, uh, I highly recommend, uh, Kevin. So you heard it from about me and what did you think of this film? Oh, it was, it was very good. Like you said, it, um, trying to collect my thoughts on this one. It was that it was kind of, it had more intense moments than others, but it was, it was one of those movies that that kind of kept you on your seat. You really didn't know what was going to happen next because it was like one minute. He's like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. And then no, not everything's fine. Um, you know, you, you have the wife just kind of, you know, she's, she's doing all right. And then all of a sudden she's not feeling well. Then all of a sudden she, she does something to harm herself. Um, and then, you know, other people and they, they see that, you know, they're, it's, it's pretty much about this book. I mean, that's the whole thing is about this book that, uh, one, it seems to unleash demons, but then it also tells you how to, uh, cast them out. And, uh, you know, we, we start this movie with this what looks like a family that all die because of this book. Um, but it's. I enjoyed it. It definitely is a like I said, it's a keep you on your on the edge of your seat. What's going to happen next? And it it's a recommend. All right. Very good. Uh, Barrett. Yes, I heard of this through you, um, and I watched it not expecting anything in particular. You did, you had said it was good, so I expected it at least be decent um, and not something that would make put me to sleep. And I got a really tight film with good acting. You can tell it's a low budget, but it works for the film, um, and it keeps you guessing throughout, and it keeps you – you're never bored. And that's a key ingredient in any film that I'm going to like is that I'm I, I'm not thinking about the time while I'm watching it. I'm thinking about what they're telling me. So right. I, I give this two thumbs up for sure. Yeah, this is definitely I mean, you could tell it's a low budget, but it it's not. It, the thing is, is that you, you didn't need a big budget to do this movie. Exactly. Yeah, okay. I mean, you could have put in a big budget for special effects, but you really didn't need to. And so, you know, when they made this movie, you know, I mean, I I looked up some of the actors in this movie and I haven't seen I haven't seen any of them in anything before. It doesn't mean that they're nobodies. It's just I personally have not seen them in anything before, but they all did a very good job. You know, you had good talent and you had a good story, a spooky story, a freaky story. And, you know, you had some special effects. You had some, you know, really good scary moments. You know, you didn't need to go crazy with the budget. And, you know, the the makers of this movie, you know, hats off. They did a good job. Right, right. Yeah, uh, the only, only uh, uh, actress or actor of note uh, to my knowledge, uh, bef- before this, and although I never was watched, seen her in anything, but I, I was told by uh, people from other podcasts, uh, was Amy Carlson, 
who yeah. plays Wendy, the mother. Uh, she, yeah, yeah, yes. Blue Bloods. Um, she's currently showing up in FBI's Most Wanted, um, which yeah, I watched it sometimes. It looked familiar to me, but that doesn't mean I've watched her anything or say, oh, yeah, I recognize her. And it's like, look, yeah, she looks familiar, yeah. but... Yeah. Yeah, I no, no, but but if if you she's one of those actresses where she has a pretty good recurring role on certain shows. So if you, for example, Dexter, I, I watched Dexter, and so I knew who Anthony Michael Anthony Michael Hall and and all those people were. While my wife would get Star Magazine. And and she goes, who's this this Anthony Michael Hall? I, I, because she never seen the show, right? If you didn't watch Game of Thrones, you wouldn't know half the actors or actresses on that show either, right? So, it that's that's kind of how this woman is here, Amy Carlson. Yeah. Yep. So yeah, if you haven't seen her shows, you probably wouldn't know who she is, uh, Kevin. So that makes absolute sense. Um, but she is of note, meaning a, a, a lot of people who would see this film may have seen her in those shows and follow those shows. Well, she was a major at. character in Blue Bloods too. She was yeah, like yeah, wife of yeah. one of of Donnie Wahlberg in that. Yes, that's exactly right. I mean, yeah. I've seen a couple episodes of Blue Bloods. I mean, I did enjoy that show, but I didn't watch. Uh, yeah, I, I stopped watching watch it, and I think her character died now. So, oh great. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was the main uh, role for between seasons two and and six. Yeah. Yeah, or, or seven, actually. I'm sorry. Yeah, so she was on seasons one through seven. Uh, so yeah, and she was a, a star. But yeah, yeah, she's no longer on the show. So yeah, spoiler alert: she's dead. Her character. Yeah. I didn't watch the show. I just I'm pretty sure she's dead now in the show. Gotcha, gotcha. <laughs> I mean, I watched it the first two seasons, and then we just stopped watching it. So. Sure, sure. Um, now, all right. So uh, before we uh, get into our our discussion. Uh, I do have a wiki. So wiki, 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 um, wiki, wiki, wiki. After the possession of his wife, Donald Capel and his family activate a dangerous ritual in a book used to identify and banish demons, a ritual forcing each member of the family to communicate with the demon in their own unique way to see it, hear it or speak to it. Um, now that wiki is kind of accurate, but it, I don't think it, 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 it gives a, it gives it justice. Yeah. And they don't really act. I mean, activate sounds like they were actively trying to do this. No, they, they were not. <laughs> it was bad luck. Yeah. 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 <laughs> absolutely. Uh, another example of setting it up. Um, they, uh, uh, Donald Ch Capel and his family, uh, which is basically just him and his wife, um, move into, uh, this house that they buy, um, basically the, the beginning of the film that they're, they're moving in and get help from their niece and nephew. Um, and, uh, they move in and their prior family has left a bunch of stuff in the basement that, you know, they, left it there you know whatever and so uh wendy the the matriarch of the couple i guess um looks through the stuff and you know the husband finds a lamp takes it up and you know cleans it up and this woman finds wendy finds a book and uh unfortunately uh bad things happen when she discovers this 
book. Um, well, that's pretty much. I mean, she discovers it, but she really didn't do much with it. What happened was is that she accidentally cuts herself. Yeah, like while, a paper cut or, or, with, or, or a box cutter. Yeah, with a box cutter. And apparently this book is, is uh, I guess you can say, awakened by blood. And so she drips some blood on it. And, I mean, all she's doing is she's looking through this box, you know, just for, for something. And she just she just finds the book and she's like, yeah, yeah, whatever. I don't I don't need a book. I'm looking for a lamp. You know, yeah. and that, I mean, and that and the thing is, and, and then that's when her problems come up because the, the her blood with the book awakens. And so there's that connection between a demon from the book or whatever into her. And that's what causes the problem. The only person that really finds interest in the book is um, her. The niece, her, right? The niece, right. Well, yeah, the niece, um, who is a amateur ghost hunter. Well, and right. she she is the not the niece, but the um, the aunt. She is gets absorbed by the book because of her connection with the blood, I think. But um, I think it's kind of like oh, Hellraiser yeah. where the box finds its way to somebody that will open it. Yeah. This is he the same it. way. Like it's accidental that she cuts herself and it just happens right. to fall in the book. It's one of those bad luck, purposeful demon things that happens, you know? Yeah. The thing, yeah. <laughs> and well, it's funny you mentioned like, actually, yeah, now that I remember it, thank you for reminding me what, I mean, she, she wasn't looking for the book. She takes it, she gets interested in it. And she's just kind of thumbing through it. And I don't know. I mean, she's she's kind of thumbing through it, trying to figure stuff out. And it's just interesting that she could read stuff in the book. But it, even when we all, all look later, like there, there's no writing on the pages. So it's like, okay, only she could really see what's going on in the book at that time. Um, but then, like I said, then it's just not too long after and that's one other good thing about this movie is that they don't really draw it out. It's she's reading the book. Okay. She's not feeling well, something's not right, you know? And, um, you know, they, so they keep the tempo going. They, they don't make this a slow burn, uh, which also works. You know, I agree. Yeah. I, I think a slow burn would not have worked for this movie and it, it, no. it ramps up extremely well it, it just oh, yeah. it keeps the tension building constantly but not so fast that you're overwhelmed it's just perfect it's a perfect pace yes yeah. i i totally yeah so she as i said she gets interested but then she starts getting a little well there i mean there's the time where i mean she's not feeling well and then the husband says no don't worry i'll make dinner and he puts on some hamburger meat and she just puts her hand right on the right on the pan and she just i mean it looks like she's got third degree burns there on her hand uh you know and they're trying to figure out okay what's going on and then i think they even said you know well, why don't you bring her to the hospital i said well we just did and the you know the, the niece and the nephew were pretty much saying that's it why didn't you know because the, i mean i think the niece and nephew real you know think that you know maybe our aunt needs help more than just you know, a regular, you know, physical doctor, but maybe a mental doctor, you know, they're, they're trying to figure out what's going on there, but, uh, well, that, that's a fair point, Kevin. Yeah. Right. Right. Because, uh, um, uh, the, you know, the, the aunt or, or the, the spouse, Wendy is, is a fairly normal, uh, fun individual, um, 
has a has a job as, a, as either a school teacher or a college professor or some something of that. Note. It's a college professor. College professor. Okay, and and so she's really um, uh, with it, and the husband is with it, and they're both very decent people for sure. Um, and and then what happens is she becomes yeah like the possession or whatever it is uh, makes her become very um, depressed, very moody, moody as in, in, I guess, brooding and melancholy, not angry or upset. And, and then she does weird things like example, uh, burns her hand on the pan almost intentionally, which was kind of reminding me of the movie, the dark and the wicked where the, the, the mother in that movie chops off her fingers while um, cutting vegetables. And, yeah. And it, it's like oh. half intentional and half not. And this was kind of the same way. It was half intentional and half not. And so the husband immediately brings her to, to the ER, right? And, you know, they, they wrap her up, fix it, and, and, and she's good to go, you know? And so he just thinks that she's under the weather and, and you know, that's stress or something and and well and his and he's seen the change gradually right while the niece and nephew when they show up they see the last time they saw her she's jolly and and they're the loving aunt and then now she's sick and depressed and all this and so they're the the change for them unlike the husband is drastic right so they're the ones that say maybe there's a behavioral health issue going on here and and it's not just a you know burning your hand. And Fortunately, then, they don't have much time to think about it <laughs> as being behavioral health. Right, because Jamie <laughs> then discovers the same book that her aunt was looking at, and being the amateur ghost hunter and believer, not just a, a amateur but actually a believer in ghosts, um, decides to. Um, uh, or, or, or let me rephrase, reads the book and, and, and notices that I honestly believe my, my aunt is possessed is, is, or, or swallowed up by some sort of evil. And that's the reason she's acting that way. You know, one of my favorite scenes is when he's coming back after Jamie comes in and sees her and she calls him and he's coming back and he pulls up and you can see his wife through the window and she's screaming, but you can't hear her, but you just see her screaming. It's a great, great scene. I really like that scene. Yeah. Yeah. What's, all right. What's, what's, uh, we're going to throw up the spoiler. So folks who are interested in this film, you can rent it in, uh, anywhere. Uh, it's not free, but you know, so, you know, it's on VOD rental basically. So, you know, six ninety nine or three ninety nine or whatever, whatever rentals go for. Uh, but it's available everywhere, you know, Apple, Google, uh, uh, voodoo, you, you, you name it, it's there. Um, and it's definitely worth checking out, uh, especially these set pieces because the movie is, as Barrett said, you know, like, like you just mentioned the, the screaming from the window, and and the hamburger scene you mentioned, Kevin. So so it's a lot of interesting and scary set pieces that go it, scene to scene to scene. And that's what I think you meant, Kevin. That it's not a slow burn uh, because there's always another scene that's suspenseful and, and it doesn't give you a chance to really take a breath. Um, so yeah, you can you can rent it anywhere. But 
as people who know who listen to this podcast, we are here not to just review a film. We are here to review and critique. So we talk about everything and anything related to the film and critique the scenes and stuff. So there's the whole thing will be spoilers. Uh, so just a heads up. So we'll throw up a spoiler right now. And um, we'll, we'll begin to discuss. Um, and and so the spoiler alert is now up. Now, just a heads up to give the information of who the characters are, because we're, we're already throwing out names like Jamie and, and Wendy and whatnot. So we have um, we have uh, Donald and Wendy Capel, who are the the husband and wife who have moved into the, the house. And it appears that they're children childless. Um, and they're, you know, they're probably in their forties or something, maybe, maybe late thirties, anywhere from 38 to 52. I can't tell anymore. Um, and then they have their niece, Jamie and their nephew, Charlie, uh, Charlie's, uh, was having a rough time, but he's a good soul. And Jamie is the amateur ghost hunter and, and seems to have no issues at all. Then they have their friend, Nancy, who is a coworker of uh with wendy at the college uh maybe a college assistant or something and um and that's pretty much the the entire cast yeah yep um so yeah let's all right so let's get back into talking i just want to throw up the spoiler alert and name the characters because we'll be mentioning their names continuously and people won't get confused now um so yeah yeah let's let's talk about so so she cuts herself, the, the blood falls in the book, and with that, so it's similar to like the Necromonicon. Necronomicon. Necronomicon. Dang it, Phil, you got me screwed up too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, from the Evil Dead movies, and obviously H.B. Lovecraft stories as well. So it's, it's kind of like that, right? I, I mean, it has spells to bring demons to us, and it has spells to banished them and among who knows what else they have right yeah i have to admit though i mean also you uh barrett mentioned the uh uh hellraiser movie a little while ago i mean when you actually see the demon it looked like something out of hellraiser yeah it was pretty cool you know i mean i've never seen i admit i've never seen any of the hellraiser movies but i've seen enough pictures so i'm looking at it going that that just looks like something out of hellraiser um but yeah, it's like the the women the 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 aunt um what was her name I I don't I don't remember the names but the the aunt is sitting there, you know she cuts herself, but then there's even the part where and I'm kind of wondering if I were the husband I'd start wondering if there was something, you know, a little mentally off with her because she's looking down in the darkness of a basement and chanting in a foreign language, that can't be good no matter what. <laughs> right. Well, we're but that's our perspective. While the husband, if is, my you know, wife was staring down the basement chanting in a foreign language, I that I know she doesn't know, I I would be I would be very concerned. Um, again, this is from our perspective, and so we're seeing what's happening. Well, he's just walking by, and he goes, "Hey, what's going on?" Yeah, but he sees her chanting in a foreign language, so I mean, he's like, "What's going on?" And then she kind of wakes up and says, "Oh, nothing." Uh, I, I mean, if anything, I would have probably been watching her carefully ever since then. But then, like, not long after that, like I said, she, like you were saying, she starts getting mood swings. 
you know, she, I think this is before she actually burns her hand. I think it's before she burns her hand. So if anything, if I saw, I mean, if she burns her hand, it's like, I mean, my, from my perspective, I don't know if it would be an accident. I mean, I don't know if I would just think, oh, it was an accident. Maybe she was, you know, she's not been feeling well. Maybe she kind of got a little dizzy and she kind of put her hand down to study herself and she ended up burning herself. You know, that's very possible. But I don't know. I I I would probably suggest that she see a a, a, a psychologist or something to you know, a, a counselor or something. Well, just at least well, they, just just well, at least get that well, that possibility. Well, out. well, again, I agree. But again, this movie takes place basically uh, maybe a two day period. Hour period. Yeah. yeah, it's it's very quick. Yeah. So it's not like if this was a longer movie, like like a lot of films that we've seen where, you know, this is three weeks later or four weeks later and he hasn't sent her to a behavioral health specialist, I would concur. But again, this has only been two days. So she was chanting. He goes, what the heck's going on? And then she she burns her hand. And. And that is just in two days. You, You see what I'm saying, Kevin? No, I understand, but at the same time, I would still, I mean, if actually that even makes it even more, um, my, my argument even a little bit more, like one minute she's all right, and the next minute she's, she's, you know, not, she's like virtually within hours she's chanting and she burns her hand. And then also but, just looking at the way she's behaving with the melancholy and, and the music, I'd be like, you know what, let, let, let's, let's, I mean, he doesn't even. But, I mean, he could. He could have done at least and say, "Let's just call a doctor and make an appointment." But, but, but you can't. This is a weekend. Yeah, because they're moving in, right? They just moved in, and and it's been, you know, and you do that usually on a weekend or or, or whatever. So you assume it's Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So you can't really call a, a doctor until maybe. I mean, again, you can call, you can go to the ER anytime you want, or even a walk-in clinic. Right. But for behavioral health to set up an appointment, you, you know, you got to call them up. And but if you the call, thing is, he doesn't even yeah. mention it. And like when the kids come in, you know, when the uh, the niece and nephew come in, they actually mention it, and the guys like kind of brushes it off. And I'm thinking, well, I think we do that with our loved ones sometimes. I think that he is really worried and you could see that in his face, Oh, but, but he's not sure that he's ready to commit her, which is what it would take if he was that worried. You know what I mean? It's like, that's a serious thing to do to your spouse. I wouldn't say, no, 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 I'm not saying commit her, but just, you know, call up or something. And I mean, especially if she can't force someone to do that though. That's the thing. But he doesn't even suggest it. He doesn't even say, Hey, honey, do you think you ought to see a special, you know, a, a behavioral health specialist? Because, you know, and he could even just say, look, but, I but saw, again, it's, saw it's this. I saw this. I, I mean, it's, it's a, a very it's, short period. Right. It's a very short period. But he doesn't know he's in a horror film. We know this is a horror film. <laughs> You're right. You know, so, so so I would agree with every if this was a film that was taking place a whole week. Never mind longer. I would agree with everything you're saying, Kevin. But since it's just a day and a half to two days, I, I would have just thought, okay, she, she, you know, I, I mean, I burned my hand once cooking, uh, not not like how she did, but I put a, a cast iron pan in the oven, 
and I I forgot to put on you know one of those gloves, and then I I grabbed the cast iron handle and my I burned my hand, you know. So well, and remember he didn't see it either. He just saw the results. He didn't know that she just put her hand straight on the pan. Right, right, exactly. Even we don't know that because they didn't actually show it. Right, right. They did like this weird like from her perspective then the next thing you just see her hand on the pan you know it's, it was yeah. interesting they did it yeah. <laughs> yeah um but yeah I, I i agree with kevin that the concern for the woman wendy it, and to try to get her help is, is absolutely a, a priority it's just that i felt that there was only one or two scenes that he thought his wife was really acting weird and by the third scene it's it's when the demon uh, takes over the house. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so let's let's talk about some of these set pieces and set, set uh, designs, and, or I should say, I should just say the set piece scenes, the specific scenes. Um, I think the first interesting scene was when she brings up the book and starts going through it. And, you know, the husband, he's just, you know, reading his, uh, a magazine or something. And, and he's talking, they're just talking normal stuff. And she starts saying that, yeah, the book has the writings and, and, and all these weird symbols and, you know, some pages are empty, some are, you know, and, and he's just like, who cares? It's, you know, I mean, he's not being rude to her by any means, but he's, it's not interesting him because he's just thinking, you know, it's just some book in the basement that you're going to probably just toss anyway. So, you know, well, she is looking at it differently because probably because she's already been sucked into the book because of her blood, but also because, you know, maybe she is into that stuff too, because, you know, just like her, her nieces. And, she starts saying she hears noises in the house. Scratching. Yeah, and it, I love his response, which is, oh, no, don't tell me we have mice. That's going to cost a fortune. <laughs> yeah. And then, well, you know, she... That, that I would I would have reacted the same way. It's like, oh, no, we got mice in the house? Great. But actually, it's interesting because, I mean, when she, she starts following this noise going around her room, and then all of a sudden it hits this picture of the, the, the two of them, but the thing is, is that when you actually look at the picture of the two of them, there are holes in their faces. Right. The eyes. Yeah. You're absolutely yeah. right. Especially yeah. in the eyes that I've said to think. And the thing is, she doesn't she doesn't seem to re, I mean, she seems she obviously reacts when the picture falls off, you know, flies off the wall or, you know, falls down. But she doesn't really seem to react to the holes in the faces. Like, how'd that happen? Yeah, it's almost like like a, like a shock like what yeah you know not like anything scary but something like she's looking at the picture like confused and then the picture falls off the thing and that's when she jumps and since the picture's ruined she she decides to throw it away but you're right it's it's too deliberate the damage to the painting i mean to the picture and i, I liked her expression because it made her like if i was walking through my house and suddenly looked over at one of my the photos and we saw you know something like that on one of my photos in my house i would go what i would be more like confused rather than scared or shocked and then after it sinks in i would start saying this is just something fishy going on here and, and then be concerned but my first reaction would be confused i think um well, but the whole yeah. oh, on. no no continue please, please there's an interesting thing here she seems to have so we learn later on that there's a see speak and hear thing and she seems to have all three. Right. She right. can hear it. She can read it. 
and she can see it because she keeps seeing weird things too, which right. I, I found that interesting that she had all three and why that, why was that? Yeah. Probably because it was her blood, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Um, so, so, um, well, I think it's, I mean, it's also since she was probably more or less possessed by the demon, she had, you know, the ability to at least see and, and speak and hear it. And all, I mean, <clears throat> you know, all three, just because she's kind of in touch now and, and connected with that, that realm. Right. I would concur with that. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and specifically because of the, her blood connected with the book. Um, but that scene is interesting, too, because we see we don't see anything in that scene. We just hear the crack. So the sound design for this movie is pretty solid. And we don't see any cracks. Again, this could be just because it's a low-budget film or or whatever. And, they, you know, they're not going to really crack a, a ceiling for, you know, their neighbor's house that they're borrowing to film a film on or whatever. But either way, um, the sound design makes us follow what she's following across the the wall over the ceiling back down the wall towards the fireplace where we see the picture the picture has the holes in it the eyes are ripped out and then there's a a boom or or another bigger crack and and that's when the the picture falls and down and breaks um and that I, I almost jumped out of my seat on, on that um i was definitely uncomfortable in that scene um and and you know you you guys brought up the C here and read um and that that's what the the debut pre-credit scene is that you brought up Kevin earlier which is we have a mother a father and a son who are in this this predicament and we don't know what's going on because again we haven't seen the film yet so if you watch it a second time which i did that whole first scene really makes sense and yeah. what it is yeah, is one of them is seeing a demon, one of them is hearing a demon, and the other one is reading or seeing the words on the wall that we don't see, and um, and then they one one of them who's probably the one that had the blood or or at least uh, read the the spell in the book, um, is the one that kills everybody else, and then they probably kill themselves or land up in a mental institution later, and so when they leave the house they're either dead or taken away in a paddy wagon and the, all their stuff is left in the basement. And that's why there's still stuff in the basement when this new family moves in. Um, so what, what other scenes we want to talk about? What about the scene where the wife is crying? And so this is like when he's beginning to figure out what you're saying, Kevin, which is she's having some mental issues and she starts saying, you know, crying in the family room again, saying, I don't know what's going on. There's a presence here and all this other stuff. And he's like, what? And then she says, it's behind you. And it's like pitch black over his left shoulder. And he slowly turns his head. Do you remember that scene? Yes. <laughs> that scene scared the hell out of me. And we don't see anything. Yeah. And it's that, scary scene was fan- that scene was fantastic. Not, I mean, for, for me, for two reasons is one, the woman's, the, 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 the actress's acting. I mean, she looked terrified. Mm-hmm. She looked like she, you know, 
all her bodily movements were about ready to just go. I mean, she just looked absolutely scared out of her wits. And the husband sees this, and you can tell he is afraid to look over his shoulder. I mean, he's... Right. Well, but even okay. better is, 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 is he's afraid of for her because she he's seeing his wife deteriorate and becoming, like, insane and, and paranoid. Well, no, I but think... Then first, he's, he but then, that she sees, I mean... He well, I think it's after that he suddenly believes it. Go on, Kevin. Well, like I said, he, I mean, he looks at his wife's face and he realizes, he thinks that, I mean, she, he recognizes she is genuinely terrified. And so he, so he is afraid now to look over his shoulder. And when he looks over his shoulder and there's blackness, you know, maybe he's like, all right, um, there's nothing there, but. He, you know, maybe that's when he starts wondering if there's something wrong with her. But it was just a great scene. Yeah, 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 and and it and it doesn't pay off, which is which makes it even better. Yeah, because we're go we're looking through his perspective, not her perspective, in this scene, and she can see, but he can't. Right. Right. And so, so you don't see a, a big. I mean. You know, you don't see a monster. You don't see a demon. You don't see anything. You, you just see blackness. Well, it's a little bit like, oh, what was that movie? The, Con the First Conjuring, where you have the two, right. two sisters in the one bedroom, and she's the one, the younger sister is explaining something that she sees, while the older sister is kind of like, and she is scared. The older sister is a little scared, but. She's looking, she's looking, she says, I don't see it. And the girl is giving her almost like a play-by-play a -play of what this thing is doing. And it, and as I, we're talking about this, it reminds me of that scene, which was also very good. Yeah, and yeah. I like that we don't get the payoff of the demon until the end. Like, everything is through humans until near the end. I like that. We do a little bit of the demon like the hand and a little bit of the shadow but you don't see much else until you don't the see end. The, near the end you don't even really see the whole thing because he's it's, it's all you know covered in shadows and all that but it's you know you see little bits oh, oh, of kevin whatever you're doing stay where you are because you sound perfect there it's not as hollowy just a heads up oh anyway, okay continue anyway continue uh, I, I I was pretty much done. <laughs> oh, okay. um, yeah, yeah, no, no, that, that that's that's true. I mean, we we see the demon a couple of times later in the film, and it's only when we are with the character that has the ability to see the demon. Yep. And, while other characters, and that's the thing is is like for example, there's uh, a character. Basically, what happens is as we said through the IMDb wiki wiki thing was is that three people get a power from the book once the the spell the spell is is cast whether intentionally or not and one person gets to see the demon but can't hear or 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 understand the demon then there's one person who can hear the demon but can't see the demon. And then there's one person who can see the additional writing on in the book or that's drawn on the wall that no one else can see. So it's, it's like the three monkeys here, see or speak type of thing. And 
so we have the, our characters here, you know, this family, the, the, the nephew and niece and, and then the, the couple, as well as the teacher assistant who, who happens to show up when all this goes down. So she gets stuck and, and involved, too. Um, and, of course, Wendy, who's basically at this point comatose. Um, so only a hand, one character can see in here and, and, and on and on. So um, – what happens is is that when Jamie comes over and her her brother, so the niece and nephew come over, the brother is Charlie, they come over and they're concerned about their aunt and Jamie being the person she is decides to uh, and discovers the book because basically what happens is, is that Donald, the husband, says, "Yeah, she started acting weird when she she found this book." And so Jamie takes the book and looks at it, and being the the amateur ghost hunter, immediately believes that this is authentic and is a demon summoning book. So she believes her aunt is possessed. Of course, Donald doesn't believe that. Um, and Charlie doesn't necessarily believe it either. But, and so Jamie wants to do the, the reverse spell. And, of course, everybody says, we're not doing that. That's just going to make everything worse. Well, so, really, he only, he, the, the uncle is the only one to say that to her. He's like, just don't do that. Don't touch right. it. Yeah, yeah. Right. This, I, don't, I don't think Charlie's in the room when they're talking. Yeah, about well, it. he's not even in the house yet. At that yeah, point. right. He comes over later. <laughs> right, right. And, and so what Jamie does is... Is she says, okay, I'm going to just go check on Auntie Aunt Wendy, and, the, and he goes, okay, no problem. But what she really does is she goes into like one of the spare bedrooms that, again, they're, they're just moved in, so a lot of boxes haven't been packed. One of those bedrooms they don't even have furniture in, and she goes in there and she does this, reads the, the spell from the book, and that's when everything goes to shit because. It's like the Evil Dead, where if you keep on reading stuff from the book, worse things are happening, and it's not going to help you. And so Jamie screws up, and she's the one that basically sets off that the whole reaction that basically is most likely going to kill the rest of them. Yeah, and they find that out because um, what's her name? Uh, the the coworker. Nancy. Yeah, is it, it's Nancy. Yeah. Um, she can't get out. She's she's about to leave. They're trying to kick her out because they don't want her to see the the aunt because she's met so messed up. And they're trying to kick her out, and she tries to open the door, and the door slams shut. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Th- there is actually an interesting subplot because earlier in the film, Charlie is you know we find out that his his um, father has passed away. And he's become angry with life and, you know, obviously because of stuff like that. And he's doing these stupid dating sites that are rotten. And it looked like he and Nancy were going to possibly have have some uh, electricity between the two of them. And so I thought that was a kind of a cool little side thing. If you rewatch it, you'll, you'll notice the yeah. electricity. Yeah, so I thought that was kind of interesting. Of course, he's kind of he's kind of stammering when he first talks to her, and he's trying to sound like a really cool guy, like, "Yeah, I'm looking after my mom." <laughs> it's kind of neat. Yeah, 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 right. Yeah, um, but anyway, anyway, uh, back to the the main plot. So yeah, so at that point, she brings over all the 
the paperwork for uh, you know student reports that they had to grade, and she's bringing them over. Nancy is, and she wants to see Wendy. She says, "Yeah, I have to really see Wendy because I have to ask her some questions about this." And Charlie and Donald are saying, "Yeah, you know, we can't, we can't let you at this time. She's, you know, sick in bed because of, you know, an accident or whatever." And she says, "All right, no problem." Um, yeah, Charlie actually kind of does the flirt with her, right? He goes, "Yeah, I'll make sure I talk to my aunt and all that." And he says, "Oh, okay." And as she's leaving, like you said, the door slams shut. And then Charlie tries the door and it slams shut on him too. And they can't open the front door. And then the power goes off, but it isn't just the power. Their cell phones die too. So if if that was me and I was there, I would have said, Oh my God, the Chinese just dropped the EMP on us. <laughs> We're dead. It's all over. We're War three. So, because you know, the last thing I was going to think of is supernatural, right? So I'm going to think, think the you're going to think World War Three. I got it. Yes, <laughs> you're going to think the most extreme possible. <laughs> Not, power didn't just go out. It's got to be the Chinese and dropping. Well, no, no, no. You well, didn't no, hear what I said. The phone. The phone. I know the phone. I'm just saying. <laughs> because there's no way. It's like World that movie, uh, War of the Worlds, that Tom Cruise was in, where. The, the aliens drop an EMP and all power goes out. Car batteries die, cell phones die, electricity, everything goes poof, gone. Um, and that's what I, I would have thought because it's just not the electricity of the house. So thank you, Kevin, for backing me up on that. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, well, no, I have to admit that. Uh, I mean, if, if I would kind of, I, I don't know if I would go as, I, I don't know. I, I would suspect that an EMP hit because the phones would, as Phil would say, poof. Um, hey, I had, I had the phones go out after a hurricane. So, and, and those were cell towers. I mean, cell service went down. In, well, I mean, we they were, well, the, so, the reason why. But your, your power on the phone would still be working. Well, because the power, because what they wanted to do is they wanted no. to use. <laughs> Nothing their, worked, Phil. No water, nothing. Let me finish. Let me finish, please. They did not want to call out. They wanted to use the flashlight function on their phones. That's how they knew my pow- the power just went out. Not the cell phone. You know, the cell towers are out, but they, they're... Because she said, I charged this, and now I can't... Use, pretty much they said, I charged this just before I got here, and now I can't even use my flashlight. Yeah. Okay. I got it. That's not cell phone. That's. I was just saying it's a little extreme both ways. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Well, no, no. I, I see your point. Obviously, it's extreme. But again, if all the power in the house goes out and everybody's cell phone power is gone, too. Well, that, see, for me, the door was the door was closing itself. So I would have went supernatural right away. Well, uh, okay, I think fair. I mean that is true. Well, that is true. That is true. That uh, well, yeah, I wouldn't have. That's the first the, thing they encountered was the door closing. So to me, it well, actually, the the daughter, or not the daughter, but the the niece. Remember, she was in the closet, or something like that, and she got locked. That's right, she got locked in, in. the very beginning. She, yeah, when they yeah, first moved she in. was freaking out, and then when they finally opened up the door, she says, "I just got locked in," and the uncle's like there's no lock on this door and they're all kind of look at her and it's like, maybe it just got stuck. Cause I mean, that was, that's, that was Chekhov's door, right? 
Well, no, it wasn't Chekhov's door. It was just kind of like the first sign of something's not That's going Chekhov's right. That's Chekhov's door. No, che- well, I wouldn't say that. Uh, but the thing is... You got uh, me, right, Phil? Yeah, I, I see your point. I would concur with you, you, Barrett. Yeah, but I see where Kevin's coming from. But but I I I I, I would think the same as you. Because yeah. I mean, my first instinct would be, oh, it just got stuck. But yeah, when other doors are starting to shut, and it's like, wait a minute, this thing doesn't have a locking fixer fe- feature, but I can't open it. Or, of course, now when when they're at the the front door, and like all of a sudden it just shuts on its own. That's it's what like, I'm okay, talking about. That's not the wind there, you know, and especially when you can't open it up. Okay, yeah, that ain't the wind. That's supernatural. I would have forgotten about her getting locked in the closet, honestly, by the next day. Because, you oh, know, I would stupid, have stupid, like that, stupid stuff like that always happens. But when the door closed on two people and you couldn't get it open, then I'm like, okay, there's something ghosty out here. <laughs> I'm a little worried. Yeah, no, no. And I, and I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. But I'm just – I was just referring to the first – door incident you know um and that's all but yeah uh, and i get you more phil with the power actually draining from their phones it wasn't even like they weren't operational even you couldn't like look stuff up on the phone because there's no power to it anymore right well as kevin said the flashlight right that's what they want to use because the power went off so it's okay let's yeah, let's, you know, use the, the, let's use their flashlight, but then the flashlight on the phone didn't work because the power was completely drained. And that's see, that's when like if the doors weren't slamming on me, that's when I thought, OK, maybe there's some sort of EMP thing going on. But if the doors slam on me and the power goes up and, you know, everything drains, it's like, all right, that's not an EMP. That's something spiritual. And as a Christian, I'd say, OK, everybody, we're going to start praying now. Right, right. See, see, for me, the door, I, I would have been, like, st- still confused because, you know, I'm st- still stuck in, you know, uh, the reality that's around me. And so the last thing I would think of would be supernatural, even after the door. It it would take me a little longer still, even after the door. It was when well, I would try I'll the tell door you what I would the door tried, would shut on me. Then I would have tried throwing a door or throwing something through a window next. Right, right. That's uh, that would be my. And if that didn't work, then I know there's something supernatural going on. Like the the chair bounces off the window or something. Yeah, I don't worry. Right, or it's like you throw the chair through the window. All of a sudden, the glass, you know, all of a sudden just magically, uh, you know, reassembles. I mean, I have to admit, with with Phil, it's like I would probably I would probably be confused too because I mean, supernatural is not something we. I mean, even as a Christian, I mean, it doesn't super, happen in, right. in the everyday life, it, even if you are every, religious. Right. It just it doesn't happen all that. You know, it's like if my door shut, I mean, I, I might take a couple minutes to process. Wait a minute. The door just shut. How did that happen? Wait a minute. What's going on? My phone just died. I had a chart. What What's going on? And then maybe I would start thinking maybe there's something supernatural going on here. But it would it would have to take me because. You know, it especially in America. Uh, I agree know, with that, but going going to an EMP doesn't happen very often. Neither do EMPs. <laughs> no, but, 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 but that's at least that is more of a scientific explanation. Solution, versus a supernatural. So you're saying your mind would go rational rather than any type of supernatural first. Right. Would be, right. You'd be thinking. I would expect like the communist Chinese know. party just nuked us. 
Yeah, see, that, I wouldn't go there at all. <laughs> well, I don't know so if I would, first. but I mean, I would. I, I don't know. If I don't I know if I'd go either first. Honestly, I think it would take me a while, even for Supernatural. But both would be having me. I would be very like, "What the heck is going on?" I don't understand. I'd be getting pissed. Oh yeah. Why no, is no. this not working? What is right. going on? Right. I mean, I would be the same way. I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say. The Chinese have just, you know, launched an EMP. But the thing is, is that, you know, I mean, I've read articles and all that talking about potential EMP threats. And so, you know, um, yeah, and actually it wasn't China. I mean, I remember we, one one church thing that they were talking about Iran doing it. So, I mean, but I mean, all that aside, it's just I, the thing is an EMP also wouldn't be, I mean, it's like, you know, maybe just rationally, I think, you know, this is like an EMP thing. But the thing is, I don't know if I would say, first of all, I probably wouldn't say we just got bombed because I wouldn't hear it. But second of all, I thought, OK, well, maybe just something weird from the sun hit us or I don't know. But I mean, yeah, I would be like, what the heck is going on? What the heck is going well, on? Because the normal just went out the window. And so you're thinking, yeah. Your first your first inclination is frustration. What's going on? And then after that, it's the first. Then after that, it's rational. It's like, OK, are we talking like something like we think scientific? You know, it's like, is this is this an EMP? Is it something else? Is it what's going on? Why isn't my phone working? I don't get it. But then, like, if the doors start shutting on their own and, you know, weird things really start happening, it's like, all right, you know, I'm not going science anymore. I'm, I'm going spiritual. I would actually a nuke can create an e, a nuke does create an EMP when it goes oh, off. Yeah, so yeah I would a neutron nuke, bomb. Yeah. Right, I would be thinking nuke before I'd be thinking EMP straight up EMP, just because we really haven't had any wars that directly utilize EMPs. Sure, sure. So far, yeah, and that's fair. That's fair. But yeah, either way, I would say it was some sort of bomb. Yeah. 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 Bastards. That's different. That's how they're gonna try to take us out. Absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, be be aware of that. Don't take my internet, damn it! (laughs) No internet loss. (laughs) Yeah, well, you can take my social media. I don't give a rat's ass about that shit. But, but yeah, I want to be able to watch movies, damn it, read books. Yeah, yeah. well, uh, yeah, as uh, yeah, as long as you don't take out my power, because I can still, I have plenty of Blu-rays I can watch. I got a generator, so no problem there. Uh, There you go. (laughs) Yeah, I do too. I just have to set it up. I I inherited it from my father. I haven't set it up yet. Um, but yeah, so that, that's the moment where they know that something's screwed up. And then of course, Jamie comes in and says, I fucked everything up. Yeah. I got, I got to tell you something. I did something. <laughs> yeah. I was impressed that they didn't, they didn't go ape shit on her. They, they were like very, they felt pity for her more than, than anger, which or or, or you know, you know what I'm saying? And I felt that was good. That was different. Usually you would see these, stu- you know, a lot of these horror movies where you stupid, blah, 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 what the hell, you know, and, you know, they didn't go that route. I'm it was very good. realistic, I thought, because yeah. who wouldn't, if they knew enough, try to do that? I, I would have been I know I told her not to do it, but I'm impressed that you tried. <laughs> well, also, also, I would have been like, you know what? I don't believe in that stuff anyway. So even if you did it. Yeah, I wouldn't expect what happened to ha- actually have happened, so right. I wouldn't blame her. You know, it's because well, I, almost, I, yeah, she's like, okay, she thinks she's responsible, but she probably isn't. You know, that type of thing. Yeah. So it's like right. it's it's kind of like if somebody said, 
like if somebody died and somebody feels really guilty, he says, I think I'm the one who killed him because I said, I wish you were dead. It's like, yeah, right. Okay. That, 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 it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. So that, that, that was when, uh, that's pretty much where the film really goes nuts after that. Because it (laughs) takes off. Yeah. Yeah. Because the first, the first half of the film, the first half of the film was was the very quiet scares with 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 what we see going on with Wendy basically her then, yeah her yeah, yeah exactly and then the second half is when everything goes nuts um, and we see we actually get to experience the the see the read and the the um, yeah. here right yeah and, and that old phone. You know, it was a cool looking old phone, but then all of a sudden the phone starts ringing. You got to realize that that phone's not connected to anything. Well, I don't know it because you can buy those replica. You know, if you go to Amazon, oh, an old phone, there was no cord to it. Yeah, there was oh. no cord. There was no cord to it. There was no. Cord. Yes, you can have old phones. So. That's why they were freaking out. That's why they kind of looked at it really like scared because they're saying, yeah, yeah because it was like it a knickknack. Yeah. It wasn't a real phone. Right. Well, that or it was an antique or something. But, I mean, they're looking at it like, how is that ringing? Well, like, well, it, I mean, would, it would probably work because the phone lines are copper and that phone would probably work. But it wasn't connected. So that was the part that was kind of scary. <laughs> yeah. It's, so first, you know, the one the, the uncle picks it up. He doesn't hear anything. The girl picks it up. She doesn't hear anything. So he picks it up and he hears all these rah rah yeah, you know, like, uh, <laughs> yeah the demon yeah, shit yeah yeah the demon stuff and so they're, so they're like oh no you know so it's like all right well you're the one who hears stuff congratulations and so I mean he's he's hearing like very like different pitch roars and it's like really you can tell I mean he he's really hurting his ears are really hurting when he's hearing this stuff. Right, right. Yeah, that also also when the husband is able to read the book and they can't see even the words that he's reading, yeah. I thought that, that was fucking nuts, too. And it's in Latin, too, and he's like, I don't know Latin, but I can speak it, or I can read it right now. <laughs> right, right. And I, I loved how he kept they he kept his cool. They, because they yeah. generally kept it cool. Because, um, and, you know, you... It's, these films are hard because if you don't keep your cool, it can go stupid. But if you do keep your cool, you, you can say that's so stupid too because it's unrealistic, whatever. And yet, whatever reason, these actors were in the screenplay for that matter are good enough that going the route they did go holds it in reality without it becoming a parody. I felt. Well, I agree. I, won- totally. I wonder if part of it for them is that they're going through this, but they're still thinking to themselves, this really can't be happening. You know, and it's almost like, all right, here's the situation. You know, I I, I mean, I, like I said, I, I just wonder if they're thinking this isn't happening. This is just not happening. But then they're thinking, OK, let's just do this and get it over with. You know, they're not. I mean, they just I think for them, panicking just seems to be kind of a. It, it's it's a uh, not an option. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. I mean, at this point, it's it's survival, right? I mean, for, for whatever reason, they 
I, I think I think yeah, they, they they all agreed pretty much that okay, this is real, and none of them are like snapping. You know, because the moment I, I find out that it's supernatural, I, I don't know if I, I would. My whole world would would probably change forever, and I would I would go insane. Maybe I don't know. I don't know how I would react. Yeah, but, <laughs> but, I'd probably be more like I knew the supernatural was out there. <laughs> uh, first thing I, I would do is try you. trying to get through a window again. <laughs> the doors won't open. How about the window? I'll make a door. <laughs> Yeah, that's just it. I would that that's I'm surprised they didn't try that, but you know, of course if you're kind of think I mean if you sometimes I mean if you're in in a situation like that, sometimes you you can't think as rationally as as you would, you know, as as we the observers would be because you're thinking, okay, cuz I mean you have this person, the ghost hunter who kind of has a I wouldn't say an expertise, but a little bit more of an experience in this. So like, okay, well, we'll, we'll listen to her rather than somebody say, say, okay, fine. We'll listen to her while somebody didn't say, has anybody ever thought of like throwing a chair through a window? Do you think that'll work? Should we try it? You know, but you know, well, who's going to try and leave their own house that way though? Really? I mean, I say that I would do that, but you know, like you said, you do, you're not, you're in a different situation. I'm sitting here in my chair looking at, you know, computer monitor. I can say that easily, but right, <laughs> these characters are not necessarily in the same situation mentally. Yeah, that's true. Also, I like how, again, because you know we mentioned that this film takes place in like two day period, um, and you know a lot of these films when there's a long build up, uh, even even for Poltergeist, and that's a classic, or Nightmare on Elm Street, and that's a classic. It's like a lot of these films. It's like, wouldn't you just get the fuck out of there? You know, and <laughs> and because this film here, it happened so quick, and they determine that it's r- real right after Jamie actually does the spell. It, you, none of us, I, as an audience member, I'm not saying, "Why aren't you leaving the house?" Right and at that point, they're stuck in the house, and yeah, it's too late anyway. Yeah, by the time they realize it, it's too late. You're stuck. <laughs> right, exactly, and so uh, that's another awesome. Show aspect of the screenplay because they could have they could have screwed it up and and you know had us asking by the end of the film why didn't they just leave if they had just left it you know 10 minutes once the, you know once the first weird thing happened you know but again the film happens in 24 to 48 hours that you're not going to expect that my wife's possessed the books of uh, <laughs> uh, a spell book for demons and you know you're not going to expect any of that nope <laughs> so, so i thought that was really good um so yeah, let's talk about some of the the other skills. How about how about when the nephew goes down to the cellar? And again, there was another Chekhov's gun. There's the Chekhov uh, uh, clothing dummy. Yes. Like, basically, it's one of those uh, dress-up dummies that you would see at you know you know like uh, sixteen and below, or, or you know any of those you know one of those woman boutique shops. And um, the whole city we we set up with it at the beginning where you know they go downstairs to look through the stuff that was left by the prior owners and that's one of the things there and so that's a Chekhov's gun in a sense because or Chekhov's dummy for a sense because later when he goes down in the basement the dummy's there underneath a blanket or a sheet and it's like we're expecting a scare, right? And and it's another awesome scare that doesn't pay off. And then something well, else happens instead, right? Would you have put the blanket back over it? 
I would know. I'm like, no what are you thinking, dude? Why would you put the blanket back over it? Right, right, oh my right. god. <laughs> well, the funny part, the funny part is, is that I mean, he puts the he puts the sheet back over it. But the thing is, is that something happened, like something happens to him. I can't remember what it was. And then you look at the mannequin and the mannequin under from underneath turns and stares at him. <laughs> oh, is that what happened? Yeah yeah. 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 And so you think it's a, a monster and it's, and it's not. It's just the mannequin. Well, he hears something because he can hear things. Right. Right. He starts, ha- he starts having the, the brain that, melt right. from the sound. And then. Yeah. Yeah, and that's when it turns on him. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. So that was an awesome scene, for sure. Um, what other scenes? Oh, oh, how about when when the husband he gets locked in the room because he, they're when they're trying to you know find check out on Wendy and they're already you know this is already when everything's crazy and they're all locked in and he goes into the room and the door slams behind him, but he has the book. Right. And he can read the book because he's the one that, that can read that and all that for some magical reason. And he uses one of the spells to open the door. There's a portal door. But he has something. to use his blood too. Cause he cuts his hand. Right. Open, puts right. The blood right. on the book. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So that, that was a pretty cool scene too. Um, what other things did we want to talk about? Um, I, I felt kind of sorry for Nancy, right? Because and, and they even apologized she got to her. Screwed. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Jamie even apologizes to her. I was saying sorry. I didn't know that you get stuck in this. You know, you just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. Yeah, that was crazy shit. Um, and then the father, man, he goes out hard because the the daughter is taken over at this point. Now, did, did the, the daughter niece, the daughter got niece, taken the niece, over when the niece, the niece the niece yeah the niece gets taken over when the the um aunt puts her hand their bloody hand out over her mouth right and the blood gets in her exactly yeah 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 so I think the demon transferred at that point don't you yeah I you know what I I think you're absolutely right because she goes back into catatonic state and then now Jamie. Is is the the demon or the possessed person? Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And 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 we find out there's a there's a a twist where there's two demons. Yeah, yeah. There's twins, right? So, yeah. So I'm thinking one possessed her, and the other was actually corporal. Yes, that's what it seemed like. Yeah, yeah. Because they ban, they finally get to ban the the corporal demon. But as Nancy finds out, they forgot twins. This is another demon. Yeah. And that they didn't know. The name is the same or is backwards and forwards. There's a different name. Right. So they're, they're twins and the the one got banished, but the other one was still there. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And at that point it's too late. Yes. Yeah. It's too late. Because they don't even have three anymore. Right. Right, because they they ended up doing stuff to themselves. Like Nancy ends up stabbing herself, and uh, the the guy ends up driving a drill through his through his shoulder. Yeah, that was a rough scene. Even though they didn't oh, even yeah. show it, it was rough just seeing him oh, yeah. starting to do that. <laughs> yeah, there was there was some pretty awesome, uh, gruesome scenes, but they show it. They show it, but they don't show it. Right. They leave it to your imagination how bad it is. 
Yeah, yeah. From from you the gutting the results. Scene. Yeah, you yeah. see the results, like all the blood on his shoulder and everything, and the gutting scene. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah they were they were pretty pretty intense. Um, I was actually, uh, um, yeah, surprised when when the, when the father bites the dust. I thought it was earlier in the film, but it wasn't. It was, there was only 10 minutes left of the film at that point. So, and then Nancy takes over as the person that can read the book now. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because, you know, up to this point, I have, I've really bought into these characters. I really like them. When the father dies, I feel bad. Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. There's so many of these horror films that don't get you to empathize with the characters. And in this particular case, this movie does an awesome job of being relatable and you can really understand the characters and how this goes bad so quickly. Right. Right. Yeah. There's actually um, a film that uh, I did on the dark discussions podcast this past week called the sinners. And uh, actually, I, I think I asked both of you guys uh, if you guys had wanted to join as a, as a co-host, but you guys couldn't make it that week. Um, but there's a scene like that in that movie, too, where there's this character that you like a real lot, and they actually go there and they, they wipe him out or wipe her out. I won't say the gender. Um, and it was completely like, no way. And and they did the same thing with this father where they wipe him out, but they wipe him out early enough to make it shocking. But still late enough that there's only 10 minutes left in the film. Yeah. And he's basically a sacrifice too. He says, you're going to have to use all my blood. <laughs> right. Right. It's going to take all my blood. So he's heroic too, at the same time. And all these people are just, they're, they're normal people that we can all relate to. It's, that's what I really like about it there. It's not like the, I don't know, the people you see in other horror films that are like, cartoons of real real people you know caricatures well the right. thing is yeah they're they're real people but then also they're all very likable yeah i mean they are all yeah they're they're all likable the the father seems like a really great guy who obviously loves his wife you know the 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 aunt you know the mother is i mean when she's talking to nancy i mean he's ta- she's talking to nancy like you know, I'm really sorry, you know, your boyfriend broke up with you, you know, you'll find somebody else, you know, there's, you know, you're, you know, pretty much you're saying you're a great, awesome, I mean, she, she's a great, she's a great person. Nancy's a great person because she's the one's like, look, I've got time on my hands. I'll grade your stuff for you, for you. You know, you're, you're sick. I'll, I'll try, I'll help you how I can, because there's honestly caring the, the, the niece and nephew. I mean, they're not jerks at all because you know, I mean, they they even though like the, the the nephew is upset at first, he starts coming across a little bit like a, a jerk. But then that goes away very quickly. I mean, yeah. If, after the uncle says this was it gives him a black leather jacket, you know, for riding motorcycles. Look, this was your father's, you know, he says, and I think he'd want you to have it. And he was like, oh, wow. You know, because that that really had a lot of. um uh, sentimental value to him, you know, and so he's just like, uh, yeah. And after that, you know, he really kind of started opening up. And the one thing I also noticed about this whole one thing I noticed about the uh, um, the uncle was it, he he sounded rather nihilist 
because he's like talking about that, uh, the blue pale dot, the pale blue dot, you know, he's trying to, um, what was I going to say? He's trying to say, like, just look at the perspective. He says, you know, all in all, we're just, you know, on this small pale blue dot, you know, that's, you know, because if you like go light years away and you see the earth, all we are is just a pale blue dot. It gives you perspective, you know, instead of, you know, looking around and this, you know, everything we see is can be big and, you know, all that. But it's just, but if you change your perspective on all we are is a pale, pale blue dot, it, it's almost like he's saying it doesn't really matter as much, you know, and that sounds to me rather nihilist. It's like, really, you don't matter. It, nothing really matters as much as you think it Almost does. Almost Cthulhuist in its, in its idea. Yeah, but, but, but you know what? I, I, I liked it, though, because yeah. he, he was just trying to put things in perspective. Like, like oh, don't yeah. let all this stuff weigh on your shoulders, you know, because it's, it's just not worth it, in a sense. And he just uses this this I guess nihilistic way about going about as an analogy of explaining it. Like the, these worries are, you know, it's just a teeny little thing on the speck of a, a dot, a blue dot in this giant galaxy. That's part of a universe, which is, you know, on and on and on. So. But uh, it sounds like their dad recently died, right? Is that? Yes. You, yeah. yeah. His, the, his brother, the, and 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 Charlie's father, who was the same person, recently passed. You're absolutely right. Within yeah. the, it seems like within the past couple of months, maybe half a year, so at least within you, the past year. Yeah. yeah. So that lets you understand why he's a little moody <laughs> as a teenager. Right. Right. Yeah. But after that scene, he's not moody anymore. No. Right? Yeah. Exactly. He's not yeah, at he's, all. They they bond. Yeah, yeah, he's introduced as as uh, he's going to be one of those characters, um, and and it, it quickly uh, turns out that okay, it's it's like you said, they, they bond and and everything is is a okay between them, and they're on, they're on the same page, and it's his, you know, they both love the man that passed away, you know, one's my brother and one's your father, and you know, and this guy is trying to be like kind of a father figure to his his nephew now, right? So, yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was that was tough. That was a that was a tough scene. Um, for you know, anytime you have to deal with uh, um, deaths and whatnot. Um, let's see. Anything else we want to discuss? Is, is there any other scenes, specific scenes that we want to discuss that were awesome or, or and discuss critique review symbolism? Well, we didn't uh, really you, we didn't really go over the end yet. Um, yeah, what happens? Yeah. Okay. Um, so basically, we have this turnaround. They realize that there's two of them. They're twin demons, and after they've gotten rid of the first one, and then they start looking for the sister, and can't find her, and they hear some noise, and that's pretty much the end for both of those two, <laughs> Charlie and Nancy, right? Yeah. And then we find the daughter, well, the mom, or the aunt wakes up, and she sees the niece sitting a little bit away from her, looking away with the book next to her, and the mom smiles. You, you, mean, you mean the aunt? The aunt, yes. Okay. Sorry. The aunt smiles. 
Right. Thinking that, oh, you know, you're watching over me or something while I was sick or something. I, I don't know, right? Yeah, I don't know it's, hard, what... it's hard to say. It's ambiguous. Yeah, right. Well, uh, well, and then Jamie, I think Jamie's going to kill her is what, what's going to happen. Yes. That, that's my feeling, too. Or she's they're both. Oh, the two over. demons. Yeah. Right, right. It's yeah, because one unlike of the two. The, because unlike the original family that we saw in the pre-credits scene, there were five individuals that were involved in this version of the of the the demon possessions, right? Because in the first one it was just the three, a mother, father, and a son. But here it's it's the 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 uncle, aunt, the nephew, the niece, and then the teacher assistant all get involved. So there's five. Yep. So you're right. Yeah, yeah. It, it is curious. I mean, it, it's a very ambiguous ending, but either way, it's not a good ending. <laughs> That's for sure. No, yeah, either way, it's not a good ending because everybody's dead except for those two. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, and we know she's life. taken over, you know, so there's no doubt of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, that was the, what did you guys think of the demon? Oh, the way they introduced the demon, where you just see its claw, its hand. Yes, that was awesome. That was awesome. Yeah, that was pretty, yeah. pretty solid shit. Yeah. And then when you finally see it in full form, it still looks awesome. And you're like, oh, boy. <laughs> They're in right. trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah it, is, it was awesome. Um, yeah, so I think they did... They did uh, really, really well, and, and they showed the demon just enough. With you know, they were doing like the Jaws thing, right, where they weren't overkill. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought that was a pretty good idea. Um, and and that's the thing that's interesting about this film is that it's very low budget, and because like you said, you know, they the you know, and you hear the sounds as, as the people are getting gutted or the drill or whatever, but you don't really see it. Whether it was because they didn't want to or they just didn't have the money to for the, the special effects to actually show it i don't know but either way all the the scares and the, and the acting and and the, the special effects like the demon were all oh and even the book the book was pretty solid too yeah kind of cool. um I, another scene a scary scene was when the jamie sees this weird symbol and blood on the wall but no one else can see it i thought that was pretty cool too but uh either way uh for a low budget film, it was a pretty effective film, I think. And I it wasn't. It, why... did, it didn't feel low budget because of the way they did it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Because the sound design was was phenomenal. Because that's how they got a lot of the the scares to be that effective, and and even the camera work too, right? Like you know when the camera work of when he's looking over his shoulder into the darkness and stuff. Yeah. So so a lot of the stuff they do so professionally and again they, these guys you know are, are, are probably professional anyway obviously they are um but for what i think is a debut film or you know as a, or i should say debut uh, full-length feature um it's really professionally done where they have so many other aspects they can do to replace special effects um visual special effects you know because they have they have camera angles they use they use the fog machines they use um the sound design you know like the, you know when we see the, the cracking of the wall but we don't actually see the cracking and things of that nature and, and this little scares like 
the the dummy with the the sheet over it, you know. Yeah, yeah, very effective. Yeah. Um, any other scenes anybody wanted to bring up that we didn't want to uh, that we missed that we 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 had you know anything that you written down that you said you wanted to get to that we didn't get to yet anything? Nope. Nope. Right. Barrett, I think we got to everything. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, so that was pretty solid. Um. So yeah, let's uh, get into our uh, final thoughts. But before we do, um, uh, Barrett, me and you just wrapped up a podcast about a show on Paramount Plus, or also what was used to be known as CBS All Access. Yes, we did a podcast called "Don't Tell Me, I'll Tell You," the Stand podcast, where we reviewed each episode of the Stand as it came out, and uh, it was quite a lot of fun. We also, on this podcast, reviewed The Stand, the book, the uncut edition. We also reviewed the um, original miniseries as well. So yep, everyone should check that out. Yep, absolutely. So uh, it's available wherever podcasts are found, or you can just go to darkdiscussions.com, and uh, all the podcasts are right on there as well. Uh, for the last episode where we reviewed the 1994, or is it 96? I forget which. 94. 94. Stan miniseries. Uh, we had a special guest, uh, Sean Fox, uh, one of our, our listeners, and also uh, a person that had been asking for us to uh, review that movie uh, or miniseries, I should say, uh, for some time. And uh, since we were, we decided to invite him on too. So that was a great time. Um, and uh, Kevin, myself, you, and Barrett uh, just wrapped up, uh, or I should say, put put. Uh, finished a podcast that's now going on hiatus until Q1 of 2022. What is that? That's right. We just uh, wrapped up our uh, commentary on season two of A Discovery of Witches. And uh, just uh, if, if your listeners are interested, it's a it's a really fun show. Uh, Barrett, Phil, and myself really enjoyed it. And we have nothing but good things to say about it. So if you want to watch a fun show that's not scary, but just very well done, please watch it and then listen to our podcast. That's right. And uh, Barrett, myself, you and Kevin uh, recently, uh, well, a couple of months ago, wrapped up uh, a a podcast, six episodes on a HBO miniseries. Yes. um, God, my brain is... uh... Not working though on the name of it for some reason. <laughs> uh, oh, the undoing a therapy the session. Undoing, the undoing that's yes, the, the undoing a therapy, <laughs> therapy session podcast. What was that all about? Uh, it is a thriller, um, and it is about it yeah, who done it, who done it thriller, and it is really well done. It's got Nicole Kidman, um, Hugh, Hugh Grant, Grant, and Donald, uh, Sutherland. Donald Sutherland. Yep, it's. It's just a really well done show and very enjoyable. It's only six episodes. Oh, Brian so Kelly uh, was the showrunner, right? Yep, and it's six episodes, so it doesn't take a lot of commitment, but it's worth watching for sure. Yep, and and uh, we did a weekly podcast on each episode of that miniseries, and uh, it was one of the highest um, listened to podcasts on the Dark Discussions News Network. As a matter of fact, uh, uh, we're still getting listens now. I mean, uh, since December. 15th which was after our podcast was over uh we got 700 listens 
to each episode pretty much, which is crazy. It yeah. is, yeah. And, yep. And so people are going back and finding the, the show. Um, so, yeah. Um, and uh, Kevin, myself, you, Barrett, and uh, another co-host named Mike uh, did a, a podcast on a television, I think, possibly miniseries as well, or one, one season and done a television show on HBO. What was that all about? I'm trying not to remember it. Uh, it's called... Uh... <laughs> Uh, Guide to Lovecraft Country, um, which really Lovecraft has absolutely nothing to do with it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> That's well, something I have belly ached about. I have belly ached about the show so much. I I just. <laughs> I just want you to should still it. listen to the podcast. The podcast listen to the pod, yeah, listen to the podcast and just <laughs> listen to if you enjoy listening to us bellyache about stuff, you're going to love this podcast. That's right. Um, and it was interesting, too, is uh, another podcast that we do is the Dark Discussions podcast, which is the flagship podcast of the Dark Discussions News Network. Um, and about a month and a half ago, we did the 20... 20 recap episode so best and worst of of uh last year and uh kevin sent us a uh uh email and uh he listed some of the stuff that was the best and he said the worst was a love crack <laughs> that's only because he didn't watch the stand, the stand. <laughs> <laughs> is that true <laughs> Which is going to be the worst for two years because it spanned two years. <laughs> yes, yes, it's a terrible rubbish, <laughs> rubbish. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's going to be the worst uh, of twenty twenty one as well. Absolutely, I don't see anything getting worse than that. I, I mean, that was just horrendous. It would take a lot to be worse than that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So as you can see, there's a still a lot of stuff out there that we've done besides this podcast here. Um, so I guess we can give our final thoughts on this film. Uh, so, uh, Barrett, what's your thoughts? I really like this film. It was a surprise for me. You know, I never know what to expect when you give me um, one of these to watch. And it turned out to be extremely good. It's a tight little film, really good acting. Um you're you're made to like the characters which is rare and all of the characters are good characters and it's just enjoyable from beginning to end you're not really ever bored and there's always something going on and definitely some surprises so two thumbs up all right very good uh for me uh yeah no fear um is a high recommend this is a uh tight little horror film uh that uh isn't necessarily um, original, though the the they take ideas and and turn them into their own, like the see no evil, speak no evil, hear no evil type of thing, um, and a lot of really uh, suspenseful horror scenes. I felt if you're looking for blood and guts, um, it d actually does have some of that in the second half. So it even has that, even though um, it's more uh, here than actually see. Um, and, uh, if you like scary ghost story stuff, this, this is really good as well. I, I know, uh, one of our co-hosts on the dark discussions podcast, Christy, uh, Schoonover, she would love this film, I think. Uh, so I'll have to recommend it to her. Um, it's definitely, uh, one you should check out. 
uh, it's also always good to uh, support um, indie or, or low low profile films, and and this I would think would be that, but especially when they're really good, and this is a really good film, so a big thumbs up as well for me, uh, or two thumbs up as you said, Barrett. Uh, Kevin, uh, I I echo everything that has just been said, and all I would say is that this was a low budget movie but a low budget movie done right yep absolutely absolutely all right so so uh, we just found out and heard uh some exciting news um actually um we were originally just going to be doing one episode uh discussing this film and you know reviewing and critiquing it but uh actually we got a, a big surprise uh uh the folks that set the screen are actually uh uh, sent us some information. What, what's going on, Kevin, We're, for a second episode on this movie? Yes, we are going to have the privilege of interviewing uh, Jameson Locasio. Oh, crap. Locasio, I think. Locasio, yes. Mr. Jameson Locasio, uh, who is the director and one of the writers of this movie, and, 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 and Adam Ambrosio, who is the other writer of this movie. We are going to spend some time interviewing them uh, about this movie and probably telling them how good, we, how, how good it was and how much we enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of exciting uh, because basically, right, Barrett, we're, we're going to be able to ask further details about how they did some of the stuff and and what some of the symbolism was that we we're trying to figure out and whatnot, right? Yeah, I have some I have some questions for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, yeah, so uh, adding this in to this episode here to before we release it, so just let folks know to look out for episode two of uh this this uh i guess duet of podcasts so there'll be one called the review and then one called uh the interviews so we've done that before with uh films like 24 open 24 hours and uh um uh the honeymoon phase and stuff so uh this one here no fear we're, we're going to be doing the same thing where we're actually uh, interviewing uh, the writer, directors, producers of, of the film. So those two individuals, as you mentioned, Kevin. So uh, exciting news, and uh, keep out the lookout for that. Yeah, and I think that we're going to do this as often as we can because we really like connecting with the artists that create these great scripts, movies, etc. Oh, yeah. I mean, considering the fact that we interviewed, or you interviewed, I don't think I was there on this one. Oh, yeah, what? Yeah, you were there for Open 24 yeah, I, Hours, right? Yeah, I was there for Open 24 Hours, but didn't you also do um, interviews? Go, go, don't go. Yeah. Go, go, yeah. go, don't go. You interviewed, uh, you interviewed the people who did that movie, too, and that uh, you know, that, went, yeah. I, that went well. Yeah, yeah, we, we actually interviewed them, and uh, um, and then we decided to review the film, too, and, and that's, uh, that's why you were, weren't part of the, the, the interviews, because it was... After the fact type of thing, it was it was weird how it all worked out, but uh, yeah yeah. So uh, Kevin will be joining us for uh, that one, uh, this one here. I mean, no no fear. So yeah, cool stuff. All right, so that was our final thought. So it looks like a high recommend for all of us, uh, for people who are interested in the film uh, VOD rental anywhere movies are. So if you have. Uh, uh, iTunes or 
you know, so if you have an Apple TV, you can you know just rent it through them. Uh, Apple Plus, you can interview, you can uh, rent it through Google. You can rent it through Vudu. You can rent it through all those places. Wherever actually, wherever you rent a film, it's available, uh, and it's I don't know five ninety nine, six ninety nine, something like that. And uh, I think you actually can buy it VOD as well. Uh, if not yet, it will be for sure later, because uh, I'm not sure right, uh, at the moment whether or not it's just straight rental and not rental or purchase. But uh, uh, it is definitely available, and everybody uh, can check it out. Um, so yeah, uh, once again, the film is called. Uh, no Fear, with a K, so K-N-O-W, uh, directed by Jameson M. Locasio, written by Adam Ambrosio and Jameson M. Locasio. Uh, Adam Ambrosio was also the producer. Uh, the film stars uh, pretty much only six people, uh, the, the five leads and, and the demon, and that's uh, Amy Carlson played uh, Wendy, uh, the, the, the mother or, or aunt. Uh, Mallory Bechtel played Jamie. Uh, the niece, uh, David Allen Basky, Donald played the played Donald the father, Jack DeFalco, Charlie played the nephew, Mia Davis played Nancy the teacher assistant, and Mike Wynn played the demon. And uh, there's a couple other people in the film, uh, you know, in the pre-credit sequence and whatnot. But obviously they weren't stars. Um, one interesting aspect I noted was Mallory Bechtel actually was in Hereditary. Uh, I think she was one of the actresses that played one of the students at the party that they went to before the beheading scene um which you'll probably remember i know you like that film barrett yeah yeah so she played one of the she was one of the guests at the party that um they went to um but uh either way uh a pretty good film for sure and with all that stated barrett why don't you lead us out Thanks for joining us on uh, this episode of Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews on the movie No Fear. Um, join us again when we have more stuff. And next we'll be, uh, we'll be talking to who we talked about earlier, the director and writers of No Fear. <laughs>